Well, howdy hi. Hello, sweetie darlings, how we doing? This is T. You are tuned into the spectacular, the one, the only Burning Tarot podcast. Today we're going to do something different. Instead of our usual take a walk in the woods, wander, blather, nature, pull a card, we are going to have a rather lengthy full Celtic cross reading. Um, and we're going to hear from you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to quote from some emails that you've been sending me. And we're indoors today. It's very windy out there. And so I'm safely and rather boringly in this normal housebound room on a squeaky stool. I always like all the weird sounds that come out in these recordings. And, um, I invite you depending what you're doing and where you are, if you could find a nice relaxed spot to be. You might be prone. You might be sitting. I know for me, sometimes my most relaxed spot is standing, so I'm going to stand. Maybe even pacing. It's up to you. What I would like is for you to pay attention right now to your body. This is a very material time that we are in. And sometimes, sometimes we respond to materiality by kind of overcompensating and trying to run away from it. Sometimes I think that's actually the right thing to do. Too much uh, material, earthbound stuff. Heck, let's go for spiritual out there stuff. But this is a time where we are called to really root in our material selves, our material forms, and be prepared to deal with the heaviness of the material world that we are part of. This is happening astrologically, and it's happening in our tarot reading. We'll talk about some astrology too. I'm going to, yeah... I'm just going to throw out the window any of the stuff about how these readings usually work. I'm going to do right now whatever, and this big long reading will be part of it. All right, material bodies, we live in them. Take a moment to be with your material body if you would be so kind. Maybe place your hand on your belly. Circle it around a little bit if you are able Just circle your palm around on your skin slowly and feel your belly. All your guts are in there, your stomach, various interesting organs that do all kinds of mysterious alchemy. There's livers and spleens and reproductive business going on in there. Breathe into that for a moment. And for those who are not able to do the actual motion, just think about that part of your body, your tummy, your belly, your lower dantian, your diaphragm, all that good stuff down there. And let's breathe into it. Let's do like three deep, long breaths.
Feel yourself all the way up. Feel your ribcage expanding. And let one more out. Very nice. Maybe give an audible sigh. Ha! Ha! Feel those nice diaphragm muscles pushing air out. Ha! Let's take a moment to feel our feet. If it's convenient, you can get barefoot or stocking-footed. If you are prone, just turn your attention to your feet and your legs. The condition of those feet and legs, if they are ill, if the nerves are allowing them to feel, none of that matters. If it's helpful for you to look at the foot, to have the energetic sensation of, hey, I've got a foot down there, (laughs) you can open your eyes and look at the foot, okay? If you are able to sit or stand and swing around to put your feet on the ground, that's an option. Through our feet, or our feet with our prone legs, we're making contact with a surface. Carpet, cork flooring, flagstones, grass, dirt. Maybe you're standing up in the bathtub. Wherever you are, feel what's under you. Give it a little, you know, toe wiggle or mental toe wiggle of thanks. When we're done, you can listen to the Kate Bush song, Hello Earth. Say hello earth right now. Hello earth. Hello earth. Hello toes. Hello legs. Hello ass. Hello, belly, we were just breathing into. Hello, all these lower down parts, private bits and guts, all the plumbing that is us. As much as we are, you know, stardust and eternal light and life, we are also guts and tubes. We are microbes moving stuff around that will later become poop and make its way back to the earth. We are all these things, and it's kind of marvelous, isn't it? It's magical and really weird, which I find fun. So enjoy that weirdness for a moment, the idea that you're this walking, you know, repository of earthness, this little you can look at it look at it in a sort of factory model. Here's my guts. They're extracting nutrition and making excrement and all the things. You can look at it in a less um, industrial way. It's just this natural process that goes on. And most of it, we don't have to be all that conscious of. That's remarkable. If you want to go ahead and breathe some earth energy through your feet, up through your legs. Breathe through the butt and the belly, all the internal organs. Breathe that earth energy into your lungs and heart. Breathe it up through your hips, 
your pelvis, your tailbone, and all the way up your spine. Nice and slow and carefully. It might, it might start going fast. That's okay. Let it flow. You can wiggle your shoulder blades if they feel a little, you know, rough. And here comes the earth energy. It's rich and muddy uh, and yet fiery red energy. It's not like cranking rocks through your body. It flows. It's an upward flow of mud and magma, and it's going down your shoulders now. It goes down, down your biceps, through your elbows, forearms, wrists. Ah, maybe you got to turn your wrists around a little bit. And all the way down the finger bones, the palms of the hands, the tops of the hands. This is very potent energy, very grounding. Let's bring it into the throat. The throat is how we eat, and the throat is how we speak. Let it fill and cleanse as it goes, all the way up from the earth, up through the back, down the arms, up through the neck, up through the throat, and into the face. The blathering tongue. T's blathering tongue is covered with mud, and it feels good. It's rinsing out your sinuses now. It's relaxing your eyeballs, eyebrows, that furrowed brow that you have as you're contemplating the upcoming election, perhaps, the temples, the ears, the scalp, the jaw, the dura mater, mater meaning mother. The dura is the sheath of fascia surrounding your brain. It's full of nerves. You can access some of these nerves by working on the scalp. Super cool. Right now, encourage them to feel connected to the earth and to get grounded in earth. Your brain and its nerves, they're flowing with electricity. Electricity seems to like to get grounded. Let it feel grounded just like a bolt of lightning hitting the earth, hitting a tree, a golf club. Well, this is going on a while. I hope it's been enjoyable. It wasn't my plan. I like not having a plan, but there is the, uh, there is the uncertainty of it, isn't there? So, Thank that earth energy. Take one more breath to swoop it all the way through your body. And then we're going to just sit with that earth energy. Okay? If there's an excess of energy, let it out through your fingertips or through the top of your skull. If you feel comfortable with the amount of earth energy you're rocking right now, just kind of sit with it. Say thank you, Earth. Right. Thanks, Earth. This nice, muddy energy can stay with you right now. It doesn't have to be uh, on a constant flow right now. This is, um, this is more like digestion, with, which I mentioned before. This energy stays with you for a while. You don't have to... Be like, oh, I'm taking this in through the soles of my feet and I'm getting rid of it through the top of my head and I'm done. 
Now, just sit with this. Just like you would sit with something in your guts for a while. Okay, that's how we begin. Earlier in this autumn, we had some readings about Oh, about all sorts of things, world events, and for us on the West Coast, the fires. So the intense, insane fires and smoke became part of the story and part of the metaphor. And we also had kind of practical concerns because uh, many of us were dealing directly with the effects of those fires on our lives and our ability to function, and really just on our nervous systems because our nervous systems... Oh, it sounds like I have a young visitor. I have to pause. What's up, sweetie? And now I'm back. Uh, Our nervous systems, I was saying, were responding to the stress of the moment along with the fires very directly. Uh, And I wanted to share with you, because it will will have bearing on the uh, Celtic Cross reading I've pulled this week. I want to share with you a few things that you guys had to say about those previous readings. Um, One of my favorites, one of you said, I needed this today. That's so simple, but it makes me feel really good when when I get it right on that spot on that particular day. Good, I'm glad you needed it. I'm glad I could provide We pulled a devil during these recent weeks, devil card. And uh, one of you said, when I look at the devil's desire to mess with us and, and create more strife, I must take some responsibility for my angst. Or angst, if you prefer. And this was in the context of We had some messages about slowing down on public communication, such as social media, letters to the editor, however it is you do that. For me, I'm a newspaper columnist, so that would be one of mine. Um, And so this listener said that the suggestion to keep relational connections to personal and private feels right, but it isn't isn't easy for her right now because she's having unusually strong impulses towards truth-telling. Not sure if it's an overreaction to all the outside bullshit, which could be venting, she says. So the devil, in this case, helped her recognize that her angst is hers to do something with. So that, I thought, was interesting. And um, who else? What what have you all sent me? Um, (laughs) This one's great. A listener down in California said, I believe in you, grumpy tarot reader lady. I had said something about, like, why should anybody listen to me? I'm just the grumpy tarot reader lady. Anyway, it's cute. And, and uh, she was really tapped into time. Time is nonlinear, as are we. Yes, and we can know that while we have to respond to what appears to be regular linear reality. Because that's just one of the dimensions we live in, right? It's an important one for these bodies. These bodies we were just working with, meditating with. Um, One of you, uh, when we pulled the devil earlier, 
said stuff about health. All right. Um, health blocking positive forward motion. And actually, I'm fed the fuck up with my broken ass body and I've hated it for years and sometimes I worry that I use it as an excuse to not want things or be happy. <whistles> ah, I love the brutal honesty thing we have going on here. And it's hard to hear words like that, but so many people have this kind of relationship with our bodies at one time or another, or a lot of the time, for health reasons, for other reasons. And um, we had been talking about having Ten of Cups energy flow through us, and this listener says, I feel like something's always wrong, and right now I feel like it's a big, ugly wall with spikes on it that's directly in the path of my Ten of Cups energy. So I like that image, a big, ugly wall with spikes on it. That's the devil. Or at least that's the wall and the devil's standing near it doing some kind of horrible jeering dance to deal with, right? Um, what else did I want to share from what you sent me? Uh, one of you says, note to self, don't want more than you have, and then you'll be happy. Very good. This was also in the context of health blocking. Blocking us from doing something that we want to do. Um... And from more uh, from a recent reading, I heard that it's a time of going beyond our edges. Um, and that includes changing up how we're doing some interpersonal relationships or changing again, health comes up, the body, changing how we're approaching nutrition and uh, medicine. So I wanted to follow up and kind of go over some of that territory, both to remind myself and to remind you all that everything we're in right now is part of a longer process. And everything we learned might just be a couple weeks or a couple months ago. Everything we've just been through is really informing what we are now. Time may be nonlinear in a big quantum sense, but in our everyday lives, we have this sense of linearity and of things piling up. And so this is a good time to remember, we've been through a lot. This has been a crazy year. And it's easy to get so swept up in whatever the particular horrors or confusions or distractions are of a particular moment that we kind of forget, well, wow, you know, seven weeks ago I was in complete trauma about this problem or that problem, but now I'm so swept up in whatever, an election, that I haven't even given myself the time to grieve whatever happened seven weeks ago. So I'm encouraging all of us, including myself, to take the time. That's part of that earthing, grounding process, being in the moment, but not to the exclusion of processing all the other past shit that's going on, right? Like, hey, be in the moment. Okay, if you're super enlightened, you may, you can just be in the moment all the time. For me, I need to process the past as well. If I can't do that, if I don't give myself the time to do that, then my present moments really kind of, they can't be as good, they can't be as grounded, they can't be as solid. 
So thank you all for sending me comments after the readings every week. I do enjoy them. And I often think I'm going to quote them on the podcast, and I often forget. This time it directly relates to what we're going to talk about. All that double talk. Uh-oh, is that foreshadowing? Am I giving away part of what's going to be in our reading? Oh my goodness. Okay, so um, the, the Wu brought this reading to us a couple of nights ago. Maybe, maybe three nights ago now. Hugely like like giant pounding in my head the great woo says you must draw this giant tarot reading um and so i did i'm not sure if it's just for us or if it's for the whole world and the whole election season or maybe it's got some things in it that are just for me i'm not clear on all that but i know it definitely is meant to be shared with you, the lovely small handful of folks who listen to Burning Tarot. It's a good thing we got grounded to begin. This is a uh, this is an intense reading, and this is for November, basically. I'd like to contextualize this with we pulled a card to help guide our whole progress from June's solstice all the way through December solstice, which is now just a couple months away. And that card was the Empress, which is a beautiful Earth card. She's more than Earth, but she's very Earth-associated. So this has been a time of great materiality. For those of you who follow astrology, there has been a whole bunch of craziness in Capricorn, involving huge, important outer planets, totally messing with 2020. So that's like the Pluto-Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, and then they pull apart, and then they come back together, and da-da-da. And that the, the final of the three Pluto-Jupiter's conjunctions um, happens like a couple days after the United States election. So that's huge stuff. And um, that Capricorn Earth energy is very different from our uh, feminine empress side of the energy. But what's important is that the cards and the astrology of this time keep referring us back to Earth. This is the planet on which we live. It is the planet into which we are intertwined. It's a bunch of very interesting energies that we can kind of clump together and call earth energy. And it's not, it's, it's interesting. Our culture tends to leave us feeling ungrounded. We're in our heads, we're on the radio, we're in the internet, we're in a book. It's hard to be with and in the real earth. It's We've created so many mediations, so many things to divide us from the earth and to distract us. So these messages from tarot, from astrology, are like, you're one with this earth, like it or not, and you're going to feel fucked up by these movements, by these energies. And maybe that's what it takes to wake us up. Maybe it takes the insanity of something like 2020 (laughs) to make us really reconnect with the earth. 
So, our reading does not begin with Earth, however. We pulled uh, in the... In, some people would read this as a significator. Um, I read it as the topic card. So the first card of the reading. We have the Ace of Swords. This is the hand of God coming out of a cloud, a sword pointed up, topped by a crown, or you could say it's piercing the crown. Um, this is powerful stuff. This might be a moment of clarity for us. We have another ace coming up in this reading. So two aces in one reading. We're looking at a time of renewal and new cycles beginning, which honestly I think sounds great. New cycles are not always easy to begin, right? And the old ones linger on. It's never like some clean break. Uh, but I think this is great to see some youthful energy arise in our cards. Ace of Swords says, we have the power. We have the capacity of mind. Mind, inspiration, discipline, internal power. Powers of communication with each other. Powers of uprisings. Power to begin something new within ourselves, but also on a much broader scale across our culture, among our community and our friends. So, wow, Ace of Swords, of course, can go awry, anything can, but largely this is kick-ass energy. So take a moment to breathe again and picture yourself holding out a beautiful sword. It's double-sided. Double-edged, gotta be careful. But you know how to wield this thing. Imagine how smart and powerful you are. That's what this card is up to. Imagine how smart and powerful you and all of us can be. How much clarity we can dredge up during murky and difficult times. So this is great. This is inspiration. This is energy. And this is possibility. This is hope. And uh, for the swords, especially, it's a, it's a nice card. You know, it's not, it's not that having power is always something that, that brings doom. It's something we, know, we need to learn how to wield. So Ace of Swords invites us to do that during this election season and throughout the month. And so as we each dip into that part of ourselves and probably watch around us people throughout our culture and or direct communities doing the same, and you see these, uh, these newness and this determination and this kind of beautiful ass-kicking kind of thing, what are the influences on our Ace of Swords energy? The two main influences coming up are Justice and the Six of Coins. These are really positive. We can use these right now. Justice is Major Arcana card. And it speaks to the need to balance inequities. It's the demand. The demand for fairness can also be the demand for rule of law. That can go either way. 
justice uh, sits on her throne. She too has a sword. It is raised up high, as though in greeting and or warning. She is on a throne, and she's holding a scales, old-fashioned balance type of scales, right? And she's looking pretty, you know, serious. She's not messing around. I feel like justice in her red robes, you know, will chop your head off and be the executioner if that's required. So with the that's some more very uh, heady energy. <laughs> but I think it's good. I think it's a positive strain of what we're seeing these days anyway and feeling in ourselves an urge toward balance, reparation, strength. The six of coins that crosses it shows a wealthy man in red giving out some coins to some beggars. We have talked about this card previously here on Burning Tarot. I won't go into it too far. But it's a time of generosity and of making sure that the earth energies are flowing. So if you need help, ask for help and then accept help. If you are in a position to provide help, particularly material help, but not exclusively, if you are in a position to provide that for someone right now, offer and give. Not at the expense of yourself and your sanity, but this isn't the time to hoard. This isn't the time to be selfish and grasping. It's the time to experience generosity on both sides give gifts, receive gifts, and uh, maybe bring a generosity of spirit that you can bring to yourself, to your friends, and especially to your enemies, or those who appear to be enemies, or those who vote differently than you do. You will not be the only person having this sense that maybe there's more to us and that maybe we can be kind, generous, and open-minded with each other. Multiple people will be trying. I will be among them. (laughs) You can watch me flailing around going, oh my God, I can do this. I can do this. I also, some of you know, I have family and friends who are on other sides of various political fences and that can be a challenge, right? Six of coins tells us that, um, that we can do that. We, we have that capacity to be generous with each other. We are rooted in the five of coins. This is no big surprise. This is the foundation card of this reading. Our country has been through a time of great disruption. The whole world has. But I think most of you guys, well, not all of you, a lot of you are, are Americans. Um, and let's just, you know, Let's just say what's here. This card depicts a an injured man hobbling along on crutches with a sick barefoot woman in the snow. They are passing a stained glass church window. So this is a card of, of poverty. This is a card of difficulty, worry, and misery. It's a card that says... We can see that there's something bright and colorful out there, but we can't always get at it for ourselves or for anybody else. 
And as we approach this election season and our own private Novembers full of weird Thanksgivings, it's good to acknowledge that we've, we've just been in a time of worry and privation and health problems and uh, concern about things like COVID. Let's not, uh, let's not pretty that up. Let's just say what the thing is. That's the attitude that we're bringing to our Ace of Swords, our new soaring energy that we're going to see evidenced throughout us, throughout ourselves, around us, in the newspapers, for those of us who still read for the, read for those, write for those, read them. You know, it's helpful to acknowledge the earthiness of what's driving us crazy or exhausting us right now, too. You know, our bodies, a virus, a planet. It's the real basic stuff. So that informs how we approach it. And where it can head can be, for those of us who are being aware about it and are doing our homework, this can be incredibly rewarding. We can be putting ourselves into the position of the nine of coins. That's our crowning card here. We have also talked about her, I think, recently. Nine of coins is hanging out in the garden of her castle, small castle. She is hanging out among the grapevines, and the grapes are, of course, ripe. She's a falconer. There is a bird on her hand. She has lovely flowing robes. She's living the good life, and she is bothering to live it very richly and consciously. She's not hiding in her own basement, counting out her sacks of grain to make sure she has enough for the winter. Maybe she already did that part. Now she's in the garden. She is celebrating having a body being on this planet and dealing with stuff like, oh, you know, money. Dealing with the house, dealing with the body, dealing with the money. These can become sources of a rich sensuality that, um, you, you know, you can discount that as shallow, but I think in the Nine of Coins, that's not really, that's not what I read into it and read from it. It's more a sense of mastery. We are ready to ob- obtain, earn, we're ready to be masters of the physical realm. This does not mean that I know if I think positive thoughts, my, you know, cancer will go away or my uh, birth defect will disappear or the pain from my birth defect will disappear. Um, It's not quite that naive or direct. It's more like we can celebrate what we have to celebrate and we can delve into the richness of our senses. Maybe you had COVID. Maybe one of your senses doesn't work now. You still have some others. This card wants to revel, uh, revel in things and appreciate and relish life with its food and its comforts and, its, and even its, its discomforts. The fact of coldness in winter. The shock of migraine pain. 
That's one that I get sometimes. These are astonishing, astonishing sensory experiences. They're part of our physicality. So there's a, an embracing of all that physicality and wearing it like a rich robe. Because we won't have it forever, my friends, will we? Um, I'm going to drink some cold coffee here. Ah, it's the spot, sort of. So in the near past, we have the Fool. This is the zero card in the Major Arcana. The Fool is, um, what a shock, it's a white guy. Um, he's walking very close to the edge of a cliff. He's holding a white rose, you know, the old um, esoteric occult symbol, also a symbol of love. He's got a pole on his shoulder with a satchel on it, carrying his very small amount of worldly goods. And there's a white dog barking at his heels, going, Hey, dude, you're about to fall off the cliff. What are you doing? Because the, the fool is looking straight up into the sunny sky. There are snowy mountains behind him. But there's a sunny sky. There's a rose in his hand. And he's just going to pitch right off this cliff. We love the fool. Great card. But it does suggest that perhaps we have all walked unknowingly or blindly <laughs> into our current situation. Perhaps we needed a dog at our heels. Coming up in the near future, so uh, I'm just going to tell you what I think this is. All right, We have the Seven of Swords. This card shows a dude with really cool like red booties with little fuzzy stuff on them. Sneaking away from some gorgeous tents that are presumably a battlefield. Um, there are some figures in the background. At least one account says that they are playing dice. Um, uh, I think they look like they could be praying. How interesting that those two things are so interchangeable. Um, so people have been doing stuff on a battlefield... And, and this guy with the red booties also has a red fez with fuzz around it. So he's super cool dressed. Uh, but he's kind of an asshole because he's stealing five swords and running off with them. And he's looking back sneakily over his shoulder, seeming to say, hey, I'm sneaking off with the swords. Um, I could say something about how something something here basically i think this is donald trump stealing the election or attempting to i don't normally do readings that have pronouncements like that in them but whatever today's different so that's what i'm going to say i'm not going to go into that at all i don't think it even warrants that so that's what we're coming into a time of deception a time of awareness about deception and dirty tricks and sneaky sneak Sneakiness dressing itself up in pretty robes. Um, most of us are already aware of this and we're tired. We don't want to be vigilant about this kind of stuff all the time, whether personally or on a global level. Too bad. It's going to continue and get a little worse. As we approach all this, there's another seven. As we approach the feeling of some renewal in ourselves and we see it around us in our society, a chance for newness, that strong ace of swords, who are we as we look at that? 
Which part of us are we bringing to that? Well, my dears, we are the Seven of Cups. If you're familiar with the tarot, you may laugh. This is one that I pull a lot. There's somebody, kind of a silhouetted somebody, looking up in the clouds. And up in the clouds, there are seven golden chalices. And in each of the chalices, there is a different, you know, thingy. Something to think about or choose or get curious about or certainly to get distracted by and fantasize about. There's a laurel wreath for winning. There's a little skull. There's a snake. There's a person's head. There's a castle. There's a glowing ghostly something or other. There are jewels. There are dragons. So we might be kind of uh, running running amok in our minds with all the possibilities. Even at the same time that we're lamenting the limits on our lives right now. Most of our lives are limited in new and different ways. There's kind of a rich fantasy life going. And um, I'm not here today to judge that. I will say when we pull this card, it, it can mean uh, to watch out for too much time spent in the mind um, playing around with ideas, playing around with possibilities. You can just get lost in there. Um, so this could be a subtle warning to not get lost in there or after you're lost, get found, get on out. Um, so then what? what? What can we expect from the people around us? Those who influence our lives. What's going to be happening around each of us? Maybe we're experiencing an Ace of Swords time during November. What's around us? Ace of Pentacles. Ace of Coins. So that's cool, you guys. That's Ace of Earth. This is yet another Ace. Those Aces are the beginning cards. Boom. People are ready for something new. People are ready to make it real and solid. Ace of Swords, Ace of Pentacles says we can actually get something done. Wow. Exciting. I'm excited, you guys. I'm excited. I'm also kind of bummed because you'll see why in a minute. Um, our Hopes and Fears card is the next position up in the Celtic Cross. And we have the Two of Coins. So once again, we're in Coins energy. Lots of coins here in this reading. And that's Earth. Coins, Pentacles, Earth. All the same thing. Here we are weighing options again. Perhaps for infinity. Is this good? Or is that good? How can I bring opposing parties together in a reasonable compromise? How can I even bring two different ideas within myself to a point where I'm like, hmm, this is acceptable. I can do this. There are big emotions inside that we may feel when we are weighing our options on practical matters. Um, I would expect a lot of that to be happening now. For us, our little handful of listeners here at Burning Tarot Land, but out there in the general world, too. Um, and the only real worrisome thing about it is what if you get stuck there forever, juggling your possibilities and you never try something. So that, that brings us kind of back to that, uh, that Seven of Cups we talked about earlier. Our final outcome card. Now, the final outcome card often is often in conflict with or having some kind of relationship with the crown card. Our crown card here is very positive, our nine of coins that we talked about. Our final outcome card 
is like, well, if if we and everybody else kind of don't really do anything and just kind of blob along, what's the most likely, you know, end game? What what's going to come out of our situation, specifically election season? You guys, oh my gosh, it's the devil. Devil card. The 15 in the Major Arcana. Um, a lot of occultists will translate the devil as... Oops, excuse me. I had to answer a question about bacon. Bacon question has been answered, so let's get back to the devil. You know what? I think I would rather talk about bacon than talk about the devil. Um, yeah, so you can spin this card as a very um, positive and liberating force away from things like the conventions of Christianity or a necessary trip to the underworld and... Um, and now you get to leave the underworld. The more practical, down-to-earth, and kind of simplistic way of reading the devil is to just look to your addictions. In this case, it's not just yours. It's everybody's. What are our shittiest habits? What are our most self-indulgent, ridiculous ways of functioning or non-functioning as a culture and as individuals. That's kind of what we're heading into. The devil is an earth card. It's a Capricorn card. It's a Saturn card. And it shows a Adam and Eve, naked man, naked woman, attached to the devil with chains. And I think those chains can be very useful so we have these we have cards in this reading that are very positive and super powerful and new and then we have uh this very clear indicator that the there's going to be a fight we are all going to continue having an internal fight so for one of you that's probably that martini that you don't need tonight or the fifth one that you certainly don't need for another of you it is um how you uh, place your hopes in the future rather than being in the present. That's just a typical habit many of us have. Um, ranting at the other side because they're all bad and because the policies of whichever side you're on of course must all be correct. How could they not be? Your favorite politician or pastor or scientist said it's true. Therefore, that must be the only truth. So that tendency to, to dig in your heels and be right, that can, uh, that can be the devil or feed the devil. So we have so many positive things going on here. I was rather dismayed to pull this guy here at the end. We've pulled him at least, I think, a couple times since this podcast began at the beginning of COVID. Um. If nothing else, this whole time is giving all of us a chance, forcing us to deal with our inner devil or to deal with the fact that we are this kind of hapless Adam or Eve character who finds themselves getting trapped underground 
and doesn't feel very smart about it. A positive take on the devil might be like this snake in the Garden of Eden. You know, that's knowledge. The apple from the tree of knowledge type of a thing. The um, the positive version of Lucifer, the fallen angel. These are all... Um, These are biblical things that feed into our notion of what a devil is and how that's illustrated in the tarot. Um, There's many more. Uh, uh, Baphomet and others. Lots of stuff from mythology. I think... I think the hardest part of this is to recognize our own personal demons and accept them in some way. Even if we don't change them, even if we just take that step from saying, well, I like my martini, to I think I'm an alcoholic. That would be a moment of dealing with your devil. Um... And then recognizing how that, that failure that all of us have, all of us fail to recognize our darker, um, entrapping parts of ourselves. We might think we're super clever. Some of us do a lot of like depth work, depth psychology, dark goddess work, da-da-da-da-da. So we think we have this huge list of all the, all the stuff that we have worked through or we're working on and and therefore because I know these archetypes and I use my tarot cards and I have my list hey you know I must be past my devil no I'm still dancing with the devil and the way that our society gets through this in whatever fashion we do really relies on depends on How much can we take that personal devil energy, the ways we trap ourselves, the ways we refuse to acknowledge it? Where where can we find that denial and look at how we're projecting that out into the rest of the world? That's the key. It sounds, you know, pretty simplistic and psychological, but I think it really is the key and that this card is here to remind us of it. It's not just somebody else who is blindly following their leaders and saying insulting, divisive stuff about it. It's us too. And sometimes we're doing it because we cannot bear to face the personal devils or even the humanity devils facing the reality of of how awful and clueless humanity and America can be. It's painful. I think with our five of pentacles here, our ace of pentacles and ace of swords, all these other things around here, the duplicitousness of those swords, the seven of swords, I think we're really being asked by these cards, by me, by the universe, who knows, whoever's in charge here, somebody, somebody's saying, you guys, dig down and two things, one, Face your devil. You might not have to like wrestle them. Maybe they're an angel, you know, and you have to have a wrestling match. It might not be that. For now, it might just be 
Just look at it and say, hello, devil. How you doing? Let's have a cup of tea. Let me get to know you. And then recognizing that that's playing out all throughout the land, in everybody's heart, at everybody's Thanksgiving table, in everybody's cruddy Facebook feed, uh, on every horrific YouTube channel, shuttling us from one conspiracy theory to the next. We're all doing that. We have to be able to face it and see the reality of it out there in our media, out there in other people, out there in our politics, but also within ourselves. So it's a cruddy card, but I think it's trying to send us somewhere good. And we can't, we can't get there unless we do this sloggy hard work. So there you go. Um, as I was placing this on the table, another card fell out and wanted to be read. And it's the Ten of Coins reversed. So we have more coins, more earth, more materiality, um, more Capricorn. In this case, I think it's just pointing out that there, there is a lot of good and that there's some historic cycles that may be trying to come to a culmination right now. It doesn't have to be like the entire end of the whole empire. Empires sometimes take a little while to fall apart. Ours is probably doing the same. But it is a reminder that this is a place of wealth and that there are history. There's history, ancestry, and stories. Um, and these things are they are going to be part of our healing process after we've recognized our devils and we're moving forward. We're going to be dealing with our ancestry as individuals, but also as a culture, as a society. And there's a lot of richness and positivity still here, around this globe that's having so much trouble and certainly here in the grand old U.S. of A. And we're just going to have to work hard before we have a kind of smooth feeling of things moving forward. But the energy itself is coming. Ace of Swords, Ace of Pentacles. All right, you guys, I hope this was useful. I often don't know until later. If I listen to them, that's when I go, huh, that made sense. Or like, wait, what was I even talking about? So as usual, I love to hear your comments. And burningtarot at gmail.com is the place to leave them. Um, I am going to put up a sale. I have to remember to actually do this. Uh, tell you what, I will give you a personal coupon code if anybody has been needing a reading and has been waiting. Um, wait no further. Just send me a personal email burningtarot at gmail.com and uh, I will give you a 25% off coupon and you can get a reading all right I do appreciate all of you who have been sending in donations or buying readings it's been nice it's truly an honor to read for you guys all right I'm T this is Burning Tarot over and out <laughs>